where Jesus tried to reach to the Samaritans and see what happened. Look at the attitude. We're going to look in a moment at the attitude of the disciples. So there was more going on than just Jesus sitting beside a well to get a drink of water. He was doing outreach, but he was also teaching his disciples a lesson that they desperately needed to learn. So the context of John chapter 4 is outreach. Outreach. It has to be. The first verse we started with tonight, wouldn't you say that maybe might be a little bit about soul winning and outreach? Fields is white, ready to harvest. I think that might have a little bit to something to do with outreach. What do you think? Can we all agree with that? That's true. <laughs> so the context of John 4 is outreach. Samaritan being outreach. We'll go on some more here. John 4. Let's turn to John chapter 4. We're going to look at several verses, but I wanted us to read them so we can get a very clear understanding of this story. Because I believe it's extremely important for our lesson tonight. John chapter 4 and verse 31. If somebody would like to read maybe five or six verses there and then somebody else five or six verses. Somebody want to help us out tonight? John chapter 4 verse 31, maybe 31 through 37 if somebody would like to do that. Or 38 through 43. Yes, go ahead Sister Walker. guys remember where the disciples were at? Where were the disciples? I'm going to have you keep reading just a moment. Where were the disciples? When you look up earlier in the chapter, the Bible says, and they went away to get bread. They were gone to get food. Can I tell you, I believe that was according to the perfect will of God for them to be gone. Can I tell you, God puts things in place to save people. He can, you ready? The disciples were not there so Jesus could reach the Samaritan. He moves people around to fulfill his perfect will. <laughs> you need to say amen because you need to get your mind around this story because they're gone and it's important to the story in a moment you're going to see that they're gone. Go ahead and read the rest of it. Anybody else want to do 37 through 43 for us? Thank you. Sister Walker, good job. Anybody? Does anybody else have that portion of Scripture? Now, anybody bring their Bible tonight? Yes, Sister Alverson. Thank you.
you stay there two days. Two days. Now I want you, I put some of these verses on there. Look, it's in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master Eat, they had gone to get food. They'd been gone for a while. They come back and now they're wanting him to eat. As you very well know, but then he said unto them, as she already read, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. I have something that gives me strength that you know not of. See, the meat was going to give him strength. And he's saying, you know what? I got another source of strength. Get your mind around this. Context, outreach. And pause. We're not going to be able to do outreach and soul winning unless God gives us the strength and the anointing. It's not about our personality because it's a spiritual fight. It's not a physical fight. So if this church is going to be successful, we're going to have to do it in the level of the spiritual realm, not the physical. Personality's great. All that stuff is good. We got to be kind all the time. But we, that we can't rely totally on just being a nice church. We can't rely on just being really kind to people. All those things have to be. But we have to understand our strength to do the will of God is going to be through the anointing that God gives to us, not our talent, not our ability, not our personality, not our buildings, not the way we dress, none of those things. It's God that will give us strength to do the outreach. If God does not give us the anointing, we will not win our community. And so he says, I have meat to eat. Therefore, said the disciples, one, do they have any man brought him aught? Did, what is it? I mean, did he get what? Uh, uh, did they have Uber deliver him some food or something? No, it wasn't anybody. Domino's didn't deliver him a pizza, folks. That wasn't what it was about. Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the, everybody say it nice and loud, will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Will. That word will right there. It's key right there. Will means determination, purpose, or decreed. I'm here to do his purpose. He gave me, and I have strength from another source that I can't get from the food, I can't get from the bread, I can't get from the meat, can't get from all of that. Because I need strength to do the will of God. And the will of God is not for me to be so strong physically, but I'm going to need to be strong spiritually. Be Why? The, it, church, listen to churches who are having revival. They're fasting. They're going away from the food and turning to God. Because that's the key to revival. And that's what he's saying in his saying. I have meat that you don't even know of because you guys don't have a clue of what's going on here. I'm on an outreach mission. I'm on a mission to win souls and let them know who I am. And I'm not worried about the food. Can I say it? We're going to have to flip our plates over. Good. Now that you said that, and most of you said amen, now let me say that. That's what you need to do now. Between now and Sunday is make sure you make sure your plate gets flipped over at least one meal, if not one day. Why? Because people are going to be here that need delivered. I'm going to tell you some stuff in a moment. The Lord, did, I, I, oh, I can't get there. It's amazing what the Lord is doing, folks, in touching people's minds and hearts. we got to be ready. People need deliverance. People need understanding. People need to see what's going on. 
and we've got to show them Christ. Somebody say amen. i got to go on. So who wants to do the will of God? So who wants to do? Boy, that was weak. Who wants to do the will of God? The will of God is outreach. <laughs> the will of God is outreach, folks. <laughs> the context is outreach. Say not ye therefore, there are yet four months and then cometh Horus. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Wow. Context. In the middle of this whole outreach program that Jesus is on at the well with a Samaritan woman, guess what? In the middle of this, now he starts talking to the disciples, and this is the verse he gives them. And then he says, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Get this. There are going to be people that the Hillsborough Church reaps that we're the one who sowed the seed. Going to be people that Brother Brock reaps that we sowed the seed, but vice versa. There are going to be some that they're sowing the seed that God is going to bring here. But at the end of the day, we're all rejoicing together, whether they're here, Hillsboro, Brother Brock's, Brother Williams, I don't care where they are. We're rejoicing together because we're working together. We're all on the same team. Had a person recently told me, they said, well, I can't get to your church. I'm closer to this other church. I said, I don't care. You don't have to come to our church. Go to that church. Just get to church. Because the end result is I want to rejoice that you're saved. That's the end of it. Amen. Reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. Can I say this? Some of you are going to get Bible studies and you are going to win souls that you are not the main reason they're going to come yet. You know why? It's because other people at the Palace of Praise for years have been praying and fasting and seeking God's face for souls and you are the one that God is going to use but they're the ones who till the ground in prayer. They're the ones who fought the spiritual battle so that you could reap them, but they're the ones who's been sowing in prayer. Folks, we're laying up things. I know Brother, Brother uh, Booker years ago talked about the sure mercies of David and saying we're laying up. I'm going to tell you what, we've been laying up a lots of prayers at the Palace of Praise. Years we've been laying up. I'm telling you, God has now put us to a place in 2020, getting ready to enter in 2020, you better watch out because God is about to give us the harvest we've been wanting. Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? Things are happening. It's amazing what God is doing. There are hungry people out there who want truth. They're hungry. They love God. They just need somebody to tell them about God. Lots of great things going on. Context, outreach, soul winning. Everybody say outreach. Everybody say soul winning. Look at the rest of the text. <laughs> Look at the rest of the text now, folks. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Now look at this. So when the Samaritans, everybody say the Samaritans, the half-breeds, the people that the Jews didn't really like, 
They rejected them. It was obvious in the conversation that this lady had with Jesus. She had a conversation. And how is it you're even talking to me? Knowing that I'm a Samaritan. <laughs> because why? She knew he was a Jew. But Jesus didn't look at her and say, I'm rejecting you because Samaritan. Folks, it's open for everybody. Look at this. They besought him that, they, that he would tarry with them. Tarry, who? A Jew. Get your mind around. The Samaritans who didn't want anything to do with the Jews and the Jews didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't want anything to do with each other. But something happened that created an atmosphere that these people who once rejected the Jews are now asking this Jew to stay with them and he abode there two more days, folks. What are you talking about? When we start initiating outreach, God will move in the supernatural to remove prejudices, move boundaries, move lines, move things, and start working. But first, we've got to what? Initiate outreach. we got to be hungry for souls. we got to be reaching for people. Folks, if Jesus would have never asked her or talked to her, they would have never asked him to stay. It started with him reaching for that one lady, and then that one open door then brought a whole group of Samaritans to him, and he got to spend two days. You don't know what the next person you're talking to. You don't know who that's really going to reach when you're done. You may start with one, and the next thing you got is a whole group of people that you're teaching a home Bible study to because you don't know how God works. I can tell you this. There's a lots of hungry people out there that are praying. They've got their heads on their pillow. They're crying and saying, God, lead me to truth. Then we need to be hungry saying, God, lead me to the hungry hearts. Amen. Oh, somebody shout amen tonight. Like this, and many more. Believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy sayings, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. And there it was, two days. He stayed there, talking to them. Look, now then, in the middle of all of these verses, we looked at this verse of Scripture. Lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are white already to harvest. This is the verse inserted in the middle of this story, literally in the middle of the story. Because he's talking to the lady, a Samaritan, a Samaritan lady at the well. He's talking to her, to her. All of a sudden, the disciples show back up. Are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. He talks to them, gives them this verse of Scripture. And then, do you realize we read the verses after this where it says the Samaritans now show up and invite him. Hey, we want to know more about you. You say, why is this important? It's really important. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Why did Jesus need to make this statement? Were the disciples not attempting to minister to the needs of Jesus? Yes. They had brought him food. They were trying to minister to the needs of Jesus. Absolutely. Ready? And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? <gasps> Everybody getting the picture here? The disciples, once they walked up, this is the part of the story. 
They walk up and see him talk to the Samaritans and they're going, who in the world does he think he is talking to this woman? Who is this? How can he be talking to this? There's an attitude that needs to be adjusted. And God's working on an attitude. Why? To get them ready for outreach and soul winning. Somebody hearing me? God has been putting us through situations. Why? To get us to think different, get our attitudes right, help us as families and help us as a church. Why? To get us ready for the outreach and to win souls, folks. Some of the stuff you've been going through is not by accident. It's an attitude adjustment. It's God working on us as a church. Folks, over the last five years as your pastor, I've been watching a lots of tweaking going on by God. I've been watching lots of twisting going on by God. I've watched a lots of pounding going on by God for the hard-headed people. I've watched him working a lots at the palace of praise. He's been getting us ready to do his work, and the will of God is to do... Can't hear you. Outreach. That's why he's doing, that's why we got the Holy Ghost. It's to do outreach, soul winning, not to feel good. It's to help other people to know there's a God and they need the Holy Ghost. Here's his disciples making this statement right in the middle of this thing. Their thoughts. Now they wouldn't say that to him. So this is what Jesus was really saying. Look up your eyes and look at these Samaritans for they are ready to harvest. It's exactly what he's saying. Because in the middle of the story, the only ones... Because right after he says this, guess who's coming? Samaritans. So he says, look at the fields. But what he was really saying is, look at these Samaritans. Look at these people that you have issues with. Come on, church. Look at the ones that you have prejudices against and you have issues with. You have problems. Let me tell you what, there are going to be backsliders come back. They may rub you the wrong way and they may have done things to you and may have hurt you. You know what? Look on the fields and see the backsliders for the fields are ready and they need to be harvested. Come on. God's trying to get our attitude right, trying to make sure our perspective is right, make sure we see things right. So when they're coming, he's not talking about some wheels of wheats and out there in the fields and stuff. What he's literally doing is looking and saying, there is the harvest walking this way, guys. Right there, see them? Here they come right now. It's the Samaritans. Folks, when you're walking down the streets and when you're going to the store, all you have to do is look around and say, hey, there they are. There is the field, and there's the field, and there's the field, and there, there's the wheat, and there's the wheat, there's the wheat, there's the wheat. we got to start seeing people as souls who are going to heaven or going to hell, folks, and the only hope they have is for somebody to step up and say, hey, I know who Jesus is. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Somebody shout amen. So lift up your eyes and look, what does it say? At these Samaritans, for they are ready to harvest. And they were. Two days he stood, stayed there, folks. 2020 vision. Everybody say 2020 vision. <laughs> 2020 vision. I did some studying on this. 2020 vision is a term that is used to express the normal vision equity, the clarity of sharpness of vision measured at a distance of 20 feet. If you have 20-20 vision, you can see clearly at 20 feet what should normally be seen at that distance. If you have 20-100 vision, it means that you must be as close as 20 feet to see what a person will, with normal vision can see at 100 feet. 
So that's a 2020 versus a 2100 vision there. You say, well, why is that so important? 2020 vision is normal vision. Everybody say normal vision. 2020 vision is normal vision. It's not supervision. <laughs> it's just normal vision. I'm talking about 2020 vision. Outreach is not some kind of supervision. Outreach should be the normal vision of the church. 2020, year 2020, our 2020 vision at the Palace of Praise, the normal vision of this church should always be outreach. For us to do outreach is not because we're going way above and beyond. It's what's required of us. It's what God expects of us. Let us put it in God's word. The will. Context, we just read it. The will of him. The will of God is what? To do outreach. The will of God is to... Win souls. Uh, come on. The will of God is for us as a church to be reaching our people in our community, folks. That's our 2020 vision. Ready? Then the 11 disciples, I'm going to give you some verses here. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power. Everybody say, All power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The word power there means authority and jurisdiction. He's saying here, all power or all authority and all jurisdiction is where? It's in heaven and it's in earth. This is extremely important because this, he's laying the groundwork for his commandment, folks. You cannot go anywhere that God's authority is not there. You cannot find a place where some other power has greater authority than God. Everywhere in heaven, everywhere in earth, it's all under the authority and jurisdiction of God. You say, is that important? It's absolutely important. That's the reason why being in this Portland area and being in this area which has got such crazy people and we got some crazy spirit, but people that need God and we should love them. Even in this situation, folks, we're going to need God. We're going to need the authority of God. We're going to have to what? Tap into the jurisdiction of God. His territory and claim authority over some of the powers that are holding people in bondage. People that are bound to drugs and alcohol and all kinds of addictions. Folks, we got to get a hold of God and let God's authority break the chains. God's authority break the thumb. So in this it says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Then it says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Make sure you get that verse right. Baptizing them in the... How, how many names is that? One. One name. Now everything after that, of the Father is a prepositional phrase. Of the Father refers back to the name. And of the Son, prepositional phrase, referring back to the... And of the Holy Ghost is a prepositional phrase referring back to what? The article. And the article is baptizing him in the name. The name of the Father, yes. And the name of the Son, yes. And the name of the Holy Ghost, yes. And there's only one name that covers both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
You know what name that is? Jesus Christ. Only one name. One name. That's the reason why when you get over to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said, repent of your sins. Yeah, you got to repent. Guess what? Then you're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. He was there when this was given. He was one of the 11 that was there. Then was he changing the words of God? Absolutely not. He was now giving us very clear word that you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. He was also letting us know there's only one God and his name is Jesus. He's revealed in the Father. He's revealed in the Son. He's revealed in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm getting excited about that. you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Go look in the book of Acts. I can give you incident and incident over the Bible where nobody was baptized in the title, but I can show you where they were baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And I can even give you in Acts chapter 10 when they are baptized in Jesus' name, they received the Holy Ghost. And what were they doing? Speaking in tongues. <laughs> Woo. Oh, how many of you are so glad you got the Holy Ghost? Oh, hallelujah. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's Matthew, amen. Matthew 28, 16, and 20. I'm trying to get done too fast there, because I know some of you are probably going to get done before I do. But look at this. Go ye therefore. First three action words of the Great Commission. Go ye therefore. And then look at our action words that are in that commission. Go, teach, and baptizing. Go, teach, and baptizing. It's the reason why we got to have a church that knows how to teach. We need Sunday school teachers that are going to pray, walk in the Holy Ghost, and teach in their Sunday school classrooms. We need to be in here preaching and teaching the Word of God. That's the reason why that drama is not about entertainment. It's to get souls to come to the house of God so we can teach them what truth is, folks. And what? We want to see them get baptized in Jesus. Anybody, was anybody in this house ever been baptized in Jesus' name? Okay. Was it not the greatest experience of your life? Now then, I want to ask you a question. Is anybody about baptizing when you came up the water and you started speaking in tongues? Anybody? <laughs> Different ones. A lot of people got it before they went in the water. Other people got it when they're coming up out of the water, and some people got it after. You know what? It doesn't matter whether you got it before you're baptized or when you're getting baptized or when you, you should wait to come up out of the water for you speaking tongues. It just kind of helps you with the water thing. But and baptize after whatever it was. I'm gonna tell you what, receiving the Holy Ghost is the greatest experience you could ever have. I love the Holy Ghost, it's great. But it's not to make us feel good. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost shall of you. What? To be a witness. What? Outreach. Look at your neighbor and say, Outreach. Ready? We must establish the perimeters of the Great Commission. These are the things we just read with the Great Commission. Let's look at the parameters of the Great Commission. The command, go ye, has to be qualified by the context of the scripture, of the scripture text. We have to qualify it. it says, go ye. So he can, it's, it, we got to qualify what he's saying here. So go ye. You ready? Go. You guys ready? Some of you are going to have to write this down because it's a deep theological meaning here. Means to go. It's deep. That's really deep. Theologically, that's really getting down there right now. And you say, well, all of us know that. I don't think so. 
why aren't we going more? Oh, boy. Pastor, shut up. Move on. Get to something else. Get, me to, get to that part where God's going to bless me over and over again. I'm going to tell you what. What this church needs is a good dose of go. Now, if you need more energy to go, take B12, take D3, take all your vitamins you need. But then when you're done taking your vitamins, let's get up and go. Because I'm telling you, this is deep, but go means go. Where? All nations in earth. It's what the context of the verse says. He says where? He wants this gospel everywhere. That's the reason why we are supporting global missions. Why? Because we believe it needs to go to every nation. But you ready? Almost every nation in the world is represented in the United States of America. In Portland, there are nation after nation after nation represented right here. Languages right here. So folks, we can reach our world right here. You remember when just a few years ago I took the globe and set it out here? Showed you where... Remember that? said, here's the focal point right here. What was it? Aloha. Because <laughs> we can get so lost giving money to everybody else, we forget we got a mission too. We can give so much, but we forget to go ourselves. But the goal is to everybody in this house. Look at your neighbor and say, get up and go. But wait till he's done. <laughs> All nations in the earth. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Are we doing all right? Oh, man, we're still early. Man, whew, oh, my word. You're getting your money's worth tonight. Mark 16, 15 through 20. These are not words of condemnation. I'm not upset anybody. I'm just trying to help us, motivate us, light a fire under us. I want to see us grow. How about you? Look at this. Somebody want to read Mark 16, 15 through 20? It's great to have our guests with us tonight. Bella, it's great to see you again. Great to have you here. So excited. Lord's doing great things for her. Amen. Touching her greatly. And the rest of you, great to see your guests here too. Amen. Good to see that Aaron survived all that work he's been doing. Back in the house of God. Missed him too. Does anybody want to read there? Mark 16, 15 through 20. Yes, Brother Anderson. You know the key is at verse 20? And they went forth. But you know, we can't do anything till we go. Well, I'm not getting lots of amens here. If we want revival, we're going to have to go get revival by outreach. Amen. 
we will go through 2020 and not have any results if we don't catch the vision of going. That says in verse 20, and they went forth. Then when they went forth, they weren't selective where they preached. What did it say? Everywhere. They seized every place, every opportunity to talk about Jesus. Folks, I'm sorry, we don't have much time left. I believe, folks, Jesus is going to come before long. I know you've heard that a lot, but folks, just look at the things that are lining up in this world. I can't see how God can wait much longer. So I know things are lining up. If they are lining up, then we've got to realize our window of opportunity is short. Okay, let's say he doesn't come for a while. We don't know how this government in this United States is going to go either. We don't know if we're going to have the freedoms we got like we've got right now to be able to witness and reach people. It could change with an election. It could change with an election. Get the wrong people in there and they start promoting things and closing down things. We could end up like Canada where you can't mention certain things in the pulpit. You can't preach on certain top. Oh, that'll never happen. It can happen. But why God has given us favor and the door is open and God has blessed us, then folks, we need to go and seize every opportunity right now. Almost everybody in this house has got family that if we don't reach them, they're going to hell. You got co-workers that if you don't reach them, they're going to hell. That's uh, you're trying to be, you're being negative. No, I'm not. It's the reality. It's a reality, folks. There's heaven or hell. We got to get these folks. Do you believe that you got to repent? Do you believe you got to be baptized in Jesus' name? Do you believe that you got to receive the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues? If we do, then folks, we got to get the message out there because there's not a lot of other churches telling the message out there. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying it's in the Word and we got to tell them. God, stir us up. I got to move on. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody say every creature. Where? The entire world. Whom? To whom are we supposed to be preaching? All humanity. All humanity. Our focus is everybody. Our focus is everybody, folks. I don't care the color of their skin, what their language is. I don't care what their background is, what their past is. It does not matter, folks. Our focus at the Palace of Praise in 2020 vision is every single breathing individual needs to know about Jesus, and we got to reach them. Boy, we don't need to get those drug addicts. There are lots of work. My Lord and my God, we got to reach them. There may be an Ian out there that folks we can reach and help and maybe we can help get them on the right path and they'll start doing well. Maybe we can be a part of their lives. But we got to go. Everybody is the focus at the Palace of Praise. For time's sake, I'm not going to go there in this story, but you may, you've got it on your paper there. What's the context of this, this parable that we would have read? It's outreach. If you go and look at the outreach, what it was, the husband had said, hey, go out there and bring them in so that they can come in and eat at the feast. And he said, go get this one and this one and this. He goes out there and they come back. They wouldn't come. And then, matter of fact, one of the messengers he sent out, they beat him up and treated him bad. So then finally the master said, okay, forget it. You just go out and find them anywhere you can and bring them in. Do ye, go ye therefore into what? The highways. And as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage, folks. 
Where? Into the highway. This prepositional phrase meant that they were to go to the people. Go ye therefore. We got to take, we got to get this message out of this building and get it out to the people, folks. We got to get it out of the house and get it to the highways and get it to the people. We got to get Bible studies. We got to teach Bible studies. We got to knock doors. We got to do everything we can to be able to reach the lost of this world. Some of you are not getting too excited about this message tonight because it's prodding us a little bit. Folks, if we, we've got a whole lots of places God has given us at the power prayer. Look at those empty pews. We had a person that, that hasn't been back for quite a while, and the reason why is because somebody had told them that that was their seat. It was one of our newer people, and they haven't been back since because they sat there and they were informed that this person had their Bible there, and that's their seat. You know what? I, I hope and pray to God that God, every guest that he sends, he sends them and takes your seat. Every time one comes in, they go and park their hinder parts right where you're sitting every single time. Because I'm going to tell you what, you need the Holy Ghost. If you can't go find somewhere else and pick up your little Bible and go, can't you find a seat? It's not like, oh, if I don't sit here, there's no place to sit. You can go find a seat in here. This whole front row is open. Come and park. Look at that. That one's open there. Get your Bible and let the person sit there. Because my wife's went and visited them several times now too, and every time they bring that up, just don't feel, well, I'm going to tell you what, we're going to have to change our attitude because people are going to come and are going to get on your nerves. They're going to come and they don't smell right but we don't smell right all the time either. I can just let you know that. That's just a little fact for some of you. They're known to do things that are going to get on our nerves. I don't care. My babies, every one of the babies we had in our house, they had poopy diapers. I know some of your kids never did that, but the kids in my home, when they were born, they had poopy diapers. And we would have to wash them and clean them, and sometimes their poopy diapers run completely out of their diapers and run all over me. Anybody got it? Can anybody say amen to that? You know what I'm talking about. And I ended up with a mess as much as they ended up with it. But guess what? Not one of my kids did I throw away. Tempted, but I did not. <laughs> I love them all to pieces. They're, I got the best family in the world. And there's hands down. But I never threw any of them away. With the poopy diapers, with the throwing up, with the waking up in the middle of the night screaming, with them crying. Come on, parents, you can relate to some of this stuff. Then when you want to get rest, they think they got to stay up. All kinds of stuff, doing stupid stuff like falling out of a tree. Climb a tree, falling out of a tree, and then come in the house and say, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> it's all the things we put up with kids. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of poopy diapers. There's going to be lots of issues we're going to have to deal with. But I'm going to tell you what, God, fill the house up with all those problems, God, because they need you, God. Lord, we want them here. Come on, if they tear up our pews, we'll buy new ones. If they create issues, we'll deal with the issues. God, just send us the babies, God. We're hungry to see a revival. 
you ready? We had eight kids, and none of them came gift-wrapped and delivered to our house. None of them. My wife and I both had to leave our house and go somewhere else and bring home the baby. They're not just going to walk in. We're going to have to go somewhere and bring them home. We're going to have to go out there and get, go ye therefore. They went forth preaching, and look at that verse of Scripture, and look at what it says. They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord working with them. Why? Because they were doing the perfect will of God. And because he was, look at it, and confirming the word with signs following, amen. You want to see some great miracles? Then let's go out there and bring the lost in, people that need healing in their body. When we pray for them, God's going to reveal his power and his anointing to them. What? Through healing their bodies, bending relationship and it. Come on, marriage. God can do it, folks. But we got to testify. We got to witness. We got to be bold in the Holy Ghost. Can you handle just a little bit more teaching tonight? I'm almost done, I promise. Look at the parameters. And gathered together all as many as they found. <laughs> all as many as they found. Folks, we got to herd them together as many as we can. Whew. Don't judge or qualify. Don't judge or qualify. You're going to miss some of the best souls by you saying, well, I don't think they're going to fit in. I'm going to tell you about one in just a moment. Happened today. God has already confirmed this word so much today, it's blowing my mind. Absolutely blowing my mind. I'm telling you, we got to be careful that we don't judge things. If we'd have read that portion of Scripture, you're going to find something in there where he tells them and gives them some words. Look at the next phrase. This is the words that he uses in that passage of Scripture. You might want to go on and look. He said, go find the bad and the good. That's what he said. Go find the bad and the good. I'm going to tell you what, we're just not looking for the good people. We're looking for both the bad and the good. You know what? We need the homeless. No, pastor, we want the millionaires that's lipping up on the hill. Tell you what, I want both. And everybody in between. Come on, somebody got to shout amen if you really believe this. Man, we got to reach our, our world. Folks, we cannot... Oh, it's Dallas Brock's church. They're close in Beaverton. They'll take care of it. And, and Brother Wiggins over here in Hillsboro, they'll take care of it. Uh-uh. I'm not going to wait on them. I'm not waiting on those guys. Uh, palace of praise, kick it in overdrive. Let's get going and let's reach our world. Let's start seeing what God can do through us. Bad, the good, and the ugly. It don't matter. All of them. <laughs> Aren't you glad I qualified with the ugly? Then we're all feeling good now here. <laughs> now, Acts chapter 9 and verses 10 through 18. I'm not for sure. Okay, I'm not going to... I'm not. I'm not going to have time to read that because we're running out of time. You can read it later. This is about Ananias. Here's one of the verses right here. Well, I can't because we didn't put the verse on there. Okay, this is about Ananias. Okay, God did a great work. You know what God did? God struck down Saul on the road when he is heading to Damascus, and he's blind. That God did the work. Can I tell somebody? I believe God's already doing the work on people in their homes right now, places, See, Saul didn't even know he needed to get right until God dealt with him on that road because he thought he was doing right. And all of a sudden, God interrupts his, you ready? 
zeal for the Lord. Go read it for yourself. It's what the Bible said. He was zealous for the Lord. God interrupted his zeal for the Lord to give him truth. Get your mind around that. There are lots of religious people out there who love God, they have a zeal for God, and they're really trying to live for God. I believe we're living in the day right now where God can interrupt their zeal for God to reveal them the truth of God. And you know who He may use? is you and you and you and you and you to be the ones to what? To reach and tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now get this. Here comes... Saul, struck down, blind, can't see. Now then God comes to Ananias, who was a man of God, who could hear the voice of God, because apparently he could, because he, he was responding to God, so he could hear the voice of God. And God tells him, hey, I want you to go over there, and I want you to talk to this Saul. Tell him about this things." And all of a sudden he says, uh, wait a minute, God, I don't think you got this. <laughs> uh, did you know about this guy? <laughs> he got a bad reputation, God. And this bad reputation says we shouldn't probably go over there and talk to him. Okay, ready? If Ananias had made his decision based on the facts, everybody say the facts. The facts that he had heard, there would have been no Apostle Paul. If he'd have went on the facts and rejected the voice of God. Oh, man. Folks, we're going to know things about people. It better not stop us from obeying the voice of God. You're going to say, oh, I know what that backslider was and what they did and all those things. Who cares? It's only the grace of God. You're not walking down the same path. You're not in the same place, folks. It's only the grace of God. you where you are tonight. And you should thank God for that. We have no way we can look down our noses at anybody. We should say, hey, God, thank you for saving me and keeping me every day. He knew the facts, but he did not let the facts interfere. Because look, God's word to Ananias was, go. First word he spoke to him, he said, go. Go thy way. Get down there and you go see Saul right now. Because what? I've got a mighty work for him to do. You ready? Apostle Paul's ministry outshined Ananias's. Ananias didn't write any letters in the New Testament. I don't find any books in the New Testament written by Ananias. I don't see all of the great things that Ananias did. But Ananias, if it had not been for him, there would not have been an apostle Paul. Do you understand the importance of your soul winning efforts? You may win the next apostle Paul. You may win the next soul winner. You may win the next pastor, next missionary. You don't know who you're about to win. Somebody in this house, you may say, oh, they don't even look like you may have to look past the facts and fall in love with the souls of men and women and say, I'm going to pray and fast for them. And someday, it may be the very person who stands in this pulpit, pastor in this church, or a missionary somewhere. You don't have any clue. But God, lead us to the hungry heart. God, help us to push aside prejudice and reach for every soul. Somebody shout amen. Hear me. The, the church doesn't have the authority to pick and choose who should be saved. We don't have the authority. We are commanded to share what we have with all others, regardless of race, creed, color, or religious persuasion. Well, they're Muslim, or, or, or they're Buddhist, or they I don't care what they are, folks. Let's tell them about the God of Jesus Christ. They need to know. Let's sit down and have a great discussion. Awesome. 
Look at this. Method of attracting converts. Brother, Brother Bernard wrote a book, and he put these statistics in that book. And I thought these were really interesting, so I thought I'd put these up there. Methods of attracting converts. Church sign, 1%. This is at his church there in Austin. He went back, and what he'd do is he kept a record of how they made contact with their church. And so this is the statistics from that thing. Church sign was 1%. Internet, 1%. Newspaper and radio, 1%. Phone directory, 7%. Canvassing or street ministries, 1%. Uh, nursing home, 1%. Re referrals from the United Pentecostal Churches, 7%. Family. Friends. Family and friends was 78%. We can put the signs up. We can advertise on the internet. We can advertise all these places. But the best thing is for you to reach for your coworkers, reach for your friends, and reach for your family and the connections you have. Because they're going right there. 78% of the ones that are there in that Austin church came from what? It came from people just reaching people they knew. What do we got to do? We got to start looking at our neighbors across the fence and quit yelling at them because they're throwing grass over the fence onto my lawn. And we got to quit shooting their cat because their cat comes over and scratches your car. And what we got to do, start walking around over there and trying to talk to him. And he may not be sober. It just did that. He may not be all that sober. But then he didn't live far from the Albany church a few years ago. What he's saying, there's people, man, I could throw a rock from right now and hit their homes that need to know about Jesus Christ and they're hungry for God. We got to reach them and we got to get hungry for them. And folks, it's going to be more than just newspaper and those things and we can pacify ourselves by doing all that stuff. But what we really need is for us to go. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to go. It's time to go, folks. You ready? Checking our vision for 2020. Where does our vision come from? Our eyes. So isn't it, any, isn't it interesting? He says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready for harvest. If we are going to change our world, it requires us to change our vision. I said, if we are going to change our world, it's going to require us to change our vision. We cannot do what we've always done. We're going to have to change what we've been doing. We're going to have to get bold. Oh, but I'm just not wired that way, Pastor. I just, you know, I, I don't really have, I don't get really excited. I have problems talking to me. I'll tell you what, if you won $10 million lottery, you'd be telling everybody and they'd be thinking you are a crazy nut because you'd be shaking it and doing all kinds of things. And you'd be calling people that don't, you don't even know to let them know that you got, probably not because then you'd have to tell them why you bought a ticket. But, but if you were to win some money some way, you'd be letting them know. <laughs> but if we're going to change our world, it's going to require us to, everybody say the last three words in that phrase. Change our vision. Why? Because the sermon was the treasure is in the field. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you about these two stories just today alone. <clears throat> Here's the fact. I need to meet the church board as soon as service is over here. I need to meet the church board in the conference room quickly. Today, sitting in my office, finishing up this Bible study, I got a phone call because she'd called and got my number and called me at the, at the church here. Her name is uh, Christian, Christian Jones. 
Kirsten Jones. She called me today. Sat and talked to the phone for quite a while. She told me to tell you, Brother Desiree, she's coming to church. This lady connected with Brother Desiree the other day when he gave her a ride two or three weeks ago. This lady is, she's, she, I told her, I said, I, I said I'm going to give that as a testimony. She goes, that's great. Do what you want to do. That's fine. So I, she told me, she, about two weeks ago, she was riding with Desiree, and he was talking to her about church. She said, I've been visiting lots of churches. She goes, and when I go there, if I pray out loud, people stare at me. And she goes, if I go to church and I raise my hands and start worshiping God, they think I'm really strange. She goes, but I, everything I've been reading in the Bible talks about I can pray out loud and I can raise my hands and I can worship God. And I was talking to that brother Desiree and he was telling me, that's what you do at your church. She goes, is that the truth? And I said, absolutely, we do that. Now, you guys better not make a liar out of me. <laughs> I said, absolutely, that's what we do. We raise our hands. And yes, we do pray. She goes, I got another thing. She goes, I've been studying. And in the Bible, she goes, I've noticed that in baptism, you have to be put under water. She goes, do you do that in your church? I said, well, the very word it says. Word itself means to be submerged. I said, that's what it means, is to be put underwater. I said, there's no way that Philip would have, need, Philip would have needed to walk down into the water if he's going to sprinkle him. He could just walk over to the edge of water and threw a little water on his head. But I said, the Bible says him and the eunuch went down into the water. The reason why they went down into the water because he's about to put him under the water. I said, so he went down into the water. I said, yes, baptism, we do that. And I said, in Jesus' name. She said, I'm still studying that part out. She goes, but I want to get baptized too. She goes, and she goes, you believe in the Holy Ghost? I said, yes. She goes, Desiree said you guys believed in the Holy Ghost. She goes, and I've been studying a whole lot and reading a lot. She goes, I've noticed a lot of churches I'm going to, they're not teaching what the Bible actually says. And I'm looking for a church. Folks, don't tell me those, that happens by accident when I'm preparing a Bible study to cast a vision for 2020 at the Palace of Praise and the very afternoon that I'm wrapping up the Bible study, I get a call from this lady telling us, she said, I just lost my father not long ago and I, she goes, I had to put my dog down and she goes, and I just had surgery. She goes, I can't come Sunday because I'm just too weak. But she goes, she goes, and then after I talked to her a while, she goes, no, I'm going to try to come Sunday. But she goes, I'll definitely be there soon. She goes, because I want to get baptized and I want to get the Holy Ghost and I want to worship with people who like to lift their hands and worship. So she's excited. I, t I told my wife, I said, I talked to a bunch of people on the phone. This lady is so bubbly. She is just excited about it. She's really excited about coming to church. Okay, you say, okay, Pastor, that's just one. Um, we need to pray for Sister Trammell. Sister Trammell had an accident yesterday. A lady, a bus was there. A lady pulled out, thought she could make it around it. She didn't make it around. Sister Trammell plowed into her, totaled her car. She broke, she fractured her sternum and broke two of her ribs. So she, at her age, that's not the best thing for to her for her to have done. And so my wife's been trying to take care of her there, and, and, and she got to go home today, and my wife picked her up and took her home and stuff and everything. I was over and looked at her car today. Yeah, it's definitely total. I mean, she smashed that car up pretty good. So thank God for his keeping power and Sister Trammell, that the Lord protected and kept her because she's not a young lady anymore and definitely don't need to be a crash dummy in a car anymore. So she don't handle it. But she's doing better, and she's, and she's sore and all those things. So we need to be praying for Sister Trammell and stuff. But anyway, because of that, asked me to go over to the, to the car lot and get some stuff at her place. So I went over to Hillsborough Towing to do that. I go in and I said, I'm the pastor of the Palace of Praise. I come because the lady in our church, she had a car accident. I'm coming to get some stuff out of her car. So we talked for a minute and the lady goes, you know what, I've been looking for a church. Now, this is all the day I'm preparing for this message. She goes, I'm looking for a church. 
And she goes, what kind of church are you? And I said, we're Pentecostal. I said, but we're real apostolic. She goes, you know, that's what I need probably is an apostolic church. She goes, because it seems like just all the religious churches I'm going to, it just seems like they're so dead. I said, you come and try our church out, and I think you'll leave saying, it's not dead. So she goes, just come and give it a shot. Same day. Coming to church tonight. Sister, sister, uh, I seen a guy standing, sitting right out here. Came, sister Pierce came into my, that's the reason why I was late. Sorry getting in here tonight. And she said, hey, a guy out there, he needs an address. He needs an address because he's, he's lost. And I said, okay. So I go out to him. I talk to him. And, uh, and he needed to get to his place down here. And I said, I said, come on, get in the truck, and I'll drive you down to your house. We get in the truck and drive it. He's moved here from North Carolina. He's been here for three years. He's been homeless, living in Portland for three years. Okay? Been in Portland for three years. Okay? He just recently got himself cleaned up. He's got off the drugs and stuff. So they put him in this house. It's right down here, right down here. He's getting his life changed around. I know he knows verses. For folks, he quoted verses almost from the time we pulled out of the parking lot till we got all the way to the house. He quoted verse after verse after verse. So I know he knows the Bible. And he was telling me all the way down there. He goes, so we're about halfway down there, and he looks at me and he says, do you always smile? (laughs) I kind of chuckled, and I said, yeah, I said, I have lots of smile about it. He says, you know, I do too now that I met you. And I said, I said, he said, you know why? I don't know why I got lost. He said, I've been down this house for five days, staying at this house for five days. And he said, somehow I got lost and ended up way over here. And he said, so I thought I'd come up to church and see if somebody could help me at the church. Don't tell me, folks. I'm teaching a Bible study tonight. I go to Hillsboro thing. A lady tells me there. Call a lady called me today, and I have a man sitting on the front steps of our church today. That I've got his phone number, and he's got my phone number. And I told him, I said, let's get together and have coffee and talk about this thing. He said, I can't come to church Sunday because I've got to go to another class on Sunday, and I can't come. But I've got to start my job on Saturday. And he said, I'm getting my life changed up. He goes, I come from a a, a Christian background. And he said, I've got to get back to God because he said, that's the worst thing I ever did was walking away from God. And that's how I got so bad into drugs. I said, let me tell you about a man by the name of Ian. He went to our church, hooked on drugs, came to our church. He was at our church for one year. I said, he's doing doing excellent. I said, he's going to a great church right now. His life's totally changed around. I said, he went in and out of drugs for a long time, but I said, for now, he's been a long time off of those drugs. I said, if he can do it for you, him, he can do it for you. His name is Thomas. I said, that's excellent. That's my dad's name. I said, now, I already like you, man, because your name is Thomas already. His name is Thomas Wagner. So I've got his number, supposed to get hook up with him for coffee. Don't tell me. Tomorrow I'm meeting with another guy, and, and we're supposed to talk tomorrow, meeting for him for coffee tomorrow. What? To talk about the church again. Don't tell me this is just by accident. I'll tell you what. We won't have revival until we set our minds to have revival and until we have a vision to have revival. God won't send us souls. God won't send us souls until we're hungry to have souls, until we start saying, God, we got to have souls here. Lord, send them to us. And he's sending them our way, God. Hallelujah. Oh, will we win every one of them? No, but I'm going to try to win every one of them. Why? Because they're hungry. Sister, sister, uh, Kelsey told me she was just down at Dollar Tree. She seems to shop there a lot, but she was just down at Dollar Tree. She ran into a lady who talks Arabic. She got to commune with her. 
communicate with her and then trying to hook her up with another, with the uh, Egyptian church that's over in, in uh, Gresham area. What? This stuff isn't this not by accident, folks. There's just so many things that are happening right now. Now then, don't you want to be a part? Don't you want to get in on the action? Don't you want to... Don't you want to be the one to tell the story instead of the one listen to the story? Don't you want to be the one that says, Hey, Pastor, you're not going to believe this, but I just connected up with this, and well, that's what I want to happen around at the palace prayer. I want everybody in the field. I want everybody engaged in this thing. Oh, hallelujah. The treasure is in the field. Let's stand. Who knows what valuable treasure you're going to bring to the house of God this year? in 2020. Who knows what soul you're going to be responsible for when it comes to December of 2020. You're going to be able to say, hey, that family over there is because I witnessed to them and that's the reason why they're in the house of the Lord tonight. We got to increase our vision, folks. Get excited about the lost and help by the help of God, let's get out there and bring them into the house of God. Amen. So before we close tonight, I would like for us to pray. I want us to pray for these Three individuals. Number one is Sister Trammell, that God would touch her and heal her body and help her as she uh, recovers from this. It totaled her car. She had planned to get rid of her car, but I don't think she meant to get rid of it quite so soon. And I know she didn't plan to get rid of it this way. So we need to pray for her. And uh, some of you may want to text her or call her. I know she's got an unlisted number, so if you don't have it, she doesn't want us to give it out. I know that. So if you don't have it, you're not going to get it from me. But if you have it, you can text it and call her. <laughs> You can, but and definitely you can be praying for her. And then also want us to pray for these souls too and more individuals. I want us to be praying for those on Sunday that God, when they sent them here, that God touched them. Folks, people need to repent. People need to be baptized in Jesus' name and they need to receive the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's the greatest gift you're ever going to get is the Holy Ghost. Absolute greatest gift you're ever going to get is the Holy Ghost. So let's pray, if you will, Kristen. Uh, Jones and Thomas Wagner and, and also Diane Trammell and our guests for Sunday. Lord, we are so thankful again, God, tonight to be in your house. We're thankful, Lord, for your word. Thankful, oh God, again, Lord, for your goodness and mercy to every one of us. God, we do not deserve, oh Lord, your kindness and your mercy to us, but God, I am so thankful, so thankful, oh Lord, that you have opened, oh God, the doors, oh Lord, of salvation to us. Oh, God, you, O oh Lord Jesus, have opened, O oh Lord, unto us an opportunity to reach, Lord, the lost of our community. Pray, O oh God, that you give us a burden and a desire, God, and a passion, Lord, for the lost. And God, help us, Lord, to seize every opportunity. God, help us, Lord, to walk through every door. Help us, I pray, God, by the Holy Ghost, Lord, as you lead us to give the word, Lord, to these individuals, God. And then you water it by your spirit that it bring forth fruit of repentance and fruit of righteousness, oh God, as you fill them with the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, for Kristen Jones. Pray, God, also for Thomas Wagner, Lord, that you would touch their minds and help them. Lead them and guide them, Lord, I pray. And, Lord, Lord, help us, God, to say the right words and help us, God, to help them, Lord, and strengthen them through our prayers. Pray, God, you would be with Sister Diane Trammell, Lord, tonight. Strengthen her, Lord, and help her, God, and heal her body, Lord. This faithful lady, oh God, that you would strengthen her, Lord Jesus, there in her home. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus, where you are worthy, Lord, you are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Hopefully you've been stirred, and I hope I've stirred you up a little bit. I mean, if I haven't, sit back down, I'll work on you again. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you.